0: newbie, movie newbie, movie newbie, movie newbie, movie newbie, yo what's up guys and welcome to the movie newbie podcast with me, jabril, the movie newbie and the two aficionados ollie and raf so enjoy the show Yo, what's up, guys? And we are back again with The Movie Newbie. I'm your host, Jabril, and back again with us are the two guys, Ollie and Raf. How about you guys say hello?
1: Bonjour now.
0: Hello. So, for this this week, we did a new movie, The Proposition, from Australia. I think, Ollie, you suggested this one. So how about you yeah. take it away?
2: Uh, it'll be my pleasure. So, The Proposition is a 2005 Australian Western, written by legendary musician Nick Cave and directed by John Hillcoat. It's about, well, a, uh, a proposition, go figure. Um, it's the late 1800s, an Irish outlaw played by a dashing Guy Pearce, is persuaded to track down and capture his older brother and his fellow gang members in exchange for his younger sibling, sibling's freedom. Uh, we picked this film for our final uh, film in the theme, because ultimately we wanted to bring in a foreign title into this theme. the proposition was really well received when it initially came out, but it sort of flew under the radar. But since then, it's been cited as one of the best examples of the neo-Western genre. I think it's a really good pick for our foreign title um, because it shares a lot of DNA with the classic Westerns while also retaining something that is rather unique and distinct to its setting, which is the Outback. So, yeah, without further ado, let's get into it. Um, Gabriel, let's start with you. What did you think of the proposition? Finally,
0: thank you. <laughs> a movie,
2: like a Western movie,
0: that I was like, okay, finally, they gave me something that I would actually enjoy because it was, uh... um, it was really good. I really, really loved this movie. Nice. Finally, like, there was, in comparison to the others, I felt like the pacing was really good, like, it kept me entertained like for the entire uh movie the aesthetics were were awesome like i really loved a lot of the shots um like w- the ones that bring to that come to mind are uh when uh, the captain's wife is in the tub and she's like talking about her dream uh mm. another one is uh when they're uh flogging um michael M- mikey? mikey yeah yeah, yeah. um and there's like the, the villagers around and they have like flies on their back and on their hats. I thought that was a really cool shot too. So I, I really enjoyed that. Um, the, I thought the performances of the actors were really good. And um, I also liked the actually showing the diversity, like they showed like indigenous people in the movie, like in comparison to the last two, there wasn't really anything in in the American based Westerns about like I don't know, Mexican. Well, okay, Mexicans, yeah, but played by a guy who wasn't Mexican. And then they didn't really show any Native Americans. Like, let's just say that. Um, So I think this movie was, yeah, just overall really, really good. I really liked it.
1: Good. I'm glad it uh, reignited uh, kind of what we've been hoping that was going to be a flawless win maybe for us, Oli, but but the fact that it was a bit of a stumbly road ahead. um, I'm glad that that the proposition has now maybe restored your faith on the genre or maybe reignited or ignited, let's say, uh, your love for it, which is awesome, but also surprising Mm. because this was, I mean, for me... For my for my viewing of this film, it was relentless, unflinching, violent. You know, it was harrowing. It was the, it was one of the harder watches that we've done here on, on Movie Newbie, at least in my opinion. And um, I, I, I think a big credit for that comes to the director John John Hillcoat, who, who who's who's um, no stranger to to kind of the. Uh, kind of displaying the harrowing tales, one of which uh, he did the road, uh, which was also. And you can you can
2: absolutely see why he got hired for that job yeah. after making yeah. this film.
1: Absolutely, I mean uh, the the way he displays the land before us, you know, the way he captures the outback is mm. something like like I said, remorseless and so uh just just so in your face and so brutal like the the amount of brutality in this Mm -hmm. film is 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 uncompromising and and i mentioned the road because it kind of links to the previous film we did no country for old men who was which was also uh, a book written by uh cormac mccarthy and he went on to direct a cormac mccarthy book as well called the road so Mm -hmm. a little a little slight you know link there between between um our films but um yeah no that's and I mean it brought me back to yeah you know, I used to live in Australia so this 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 brought me back a little bit uh, obviously I haven't been to this arid part of Australia um this 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 roofless part of Australia yet or 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 anything like that but it's the landscape was breathtaking for sure I'll I'll, mm. I'll give you that Gabriel
2: for sure It's um yeah no there was I'll just hop in here I think um there was like a lot of beautiful landscape photography in this film like it's not. I don't think it's necessarily meant to, to look like a tourist ad for Australia necessarily. Like the the landscape, there were were you know, the were sort of, these characters are existing in is like you said, Raff. It's completely unforgiving. It's mm. dry. I mean, it it's kind of summed up very well in one of Ray Winston's first lines in this movie when he looks out the window of that barn and says, mm. "Australia, what fresh hell is no. this?" No, no. He said. He said. Bet three six five, probably. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, no. All right, I want to actually talk about that in a little bit, but I'm I'm gonna try and finish my point here for Sorry, thing. I had to. No, 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 it's all right. No, no, in this episode, it had his, to be there. His his betting ads were on my mind a lot in this film. But anyway, he um. But anyway, in spite of like that ugliness that is on display, it is also shot often at times in like a harsh beauty. You know, mm. I think of those um some certain some of the shots when guy pierce is traveling under the starry skies mm. and i think you get some trick photography that just makes it look really unreal and kind of um uh very ethereal what he's where he is and then i think of those conversations between you get those two conversations sort of bookends in a way between uh the danny houston character and the guy pierce character where they're watching a sunset and in those moments you do um you you kind of are just sort of aghast by what you know what how magnificent this landscape is
1: Mm. yeah no it's it's majestically arid it's enchantingly barren and it's you know it's it's a beleaguered land you know it's 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 very it's it's a lot harsher than the two previous entries we've had i think the focus or, or one of the the positive focus that this film has is that it does capture that so vividly. Yeah. Um. And it makes it. I think it 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 sets the 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 whole West. You know that 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 myth of the West. It brings it outside of being an American West, and yes, puts yeah. it in Australia and and demystifies the whole Western. You know, myth about that's, what a Western is.
0: That's something that was super interesting to me because I never really thought of, um. I guess, something similar to an American Western setting in Australia under like British colonial rule with like Irish, what I guess, descendants of prisoners or like just a population of bandits. And it's very similar, I guess, in a way to the history of America in that sense. Um, And it was just something that I've never really thought of before. And I think it's a it's it's now like a genre on its own a little bit right Australian westerns kind of like yeah, there think... are quite a few movies about it, kind of right yeah. I actually I don't know, don't know they... any other myself personally i mean not that are not that they're any good, but I think it's like mm. starting to gain
2: popularity yeah well i, I mean, mean it's 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 a frontier, isn't it yeah. like the outback is kind of the perfect setting for i mean i'll I'll hand it over to our resident you know Australian expert Raph, in a bit but <laughs> I mean, the outback is like vast and there are like broad stretches which are basically uninhabitable and yeah. there are barely any people there. And so that is the perfect setting even to this day for a Western because where Westerns come from is the is the the Wild West where similarly in America, there were large stretches of land where nobody lived. And so there was yeah. no law. So people were making up their own rules as they went along. They were living yeah. in life and death situations. They were. Um, masters of their own destiny, and so of course Australia is the perfect place to set a western
0: like it 's so strange to me that out of the three movies,
2: the one that felt the most like a western was this
0: it's I interesting it's what is interesting. a
2: western right i mean that's that's you know that would be a definition of your own wouldn't it mm. yeah
1: it brings it it brings it out it brings it outside america it it, it really does and definitely and I, and I think that's maybe why he, maybe why you relate to it even more because it's something maybe closer to 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 what you know
0: mm. like I'd, yeah. it'd be interesting to see what other like settings could kind of like try and do a western you know like maybe somewhere like mongolia or like um somewhere in south america like imagine anywhere a desert is kind of well, it'd I be think, interesting think, to see their take on a western
2: well i think i think that the, you're you're perhaps even getting a little bit too hung up on the topography and the geography of it all. You know, it doesn't have to be a a desert. Essentially, I think as you can tell from the three films that we've watched now, all it has to be is any kind of setting where there is a lawlessness. You know, there is um, there is. Uh, I feel a kind like of dr- a remoteness dryness to and it. I feel like dryness and heat are a huge aspect of a western. Well, I think it. I think it helps if the conditions of the environment are pretty um, difficult to live in because then it means that, you know, it only attracts a certain kind of person to that place and it's not going to be colonized or civilized in a way because it is not a a very hospitable environment for mankind. So that, that, you know, makes it the perfect place for criminals and outlaws to kind of settle. But, you know, you look at, uh, you know, I guess uh, famously or like notoriously perhaps, Star Wars is considered by some mm. to be more of a space Western as they say rather than a um than a science fiction film and that's because space in its own way also operates similarly to you know the desert it's um not particularly hospitable for mankind, and it's you know vast and large and large parts of it are uncharted, mm-hmm. and people can kind of travel freely and make up their own rules, as I said,
0: yeah. Uh, Something that I didn't mention, actually, in my opening, I guess, comments, um, was the magnificent score. Because I feel like we Mm. always, always gloss over, like, the music and the score in movies and we're like, oh, like, we forgot about it in The Godfather, we forgot about it in The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. So I feel like, let's talk about this, because I think probably one of the best soundtracks i've ever heard in a movie i mm. really really enjoyed it
1: nice yeah no i mean well, that's... yeah all if you want to jump on that like absolutely go for it um yeah the score is magnificent nick nick cave who you mentioned quite gloriously mm. um not only composed this but but wrote wrote this piece um mm-hmm. who when i first when i first um saw this film i i thought it's just inspired by a true story is this inspired by like true events um but it's 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 pretty much all fiction as as i know it to be unless you have anything to, um, to say to that ollie
2: no i was just gonna say that i i don't think it's um based on any true events at least not mm. that you know i think it's it's certainly not i mean maybe something like this could have happened but i don't think this i think this film is an original story mm. Um, But what I was going to say was that you do get this weird blending of fact and fiction, I think, in the very beginning Mm. in the opening credit sequence, because, okay, so from what I can tell, at least the photos at the end are, I'm guessing, ones that were created or staged for this film, because it's these are photographs of the um, the Hopkins house that was uh, raided and burned to the ground by the outlaw gang. And that's kind of the event that triggers everything that happens in this story. So obviously that is tying into the narrative of the film. But then the photographs from before, they all look, they all looked authentic. They looked like real photographs from that period. And so I don't know if like there was just a mixture of authentic pictures and ones that were made for this film. But um, that does sort of play into the fact or fiction kind of realm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would like to quickly return to the score, Gabriel. You're right, it is outstanding. I mean, that's what you get when you have Nick Cave and Warren yeah. Ellis working on your film. Yeah. I loved how... Um, it kind of interpolated what must have been like folk music from the time.
1: Mm. Yeah. And because I
2: really liked how, um, the one of the outlaw, like the outlaw gang themselves the are God, all Irish. Right? Yeah, yeah. They're all Irish. Right. Because, um, as they say in Ireland, sorry, in Australia in the 1800s, many of the early settlers were Irish. Many of them were actual prisoners or laborers as well that had been shipped over from Ireland and they brought their own culture with them. And so you do have this wonderful, like there's this is one scene where one of the gang members, singing folk song himself so good mm-hmm. such
0: mm-hmm. a such a great part of the movie
1: and powerful powerful scene as well very jarring yeah. in that sense where it's it's that beauty and then the 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 utter you know the 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 the, the lynching or the the the, mm, the flogging the, the the flogging the lashing of of whips too many times that he passes out and it's that juxtaposition that is just played so wonderfully
2: yeah yeah absolutely that was a pretty that was a pretty harrowing scene, actually. I yeah, I harrowing. was watching this. I was watching this um, on a Saturday afternoon, so yesterday, and um, my flatmates had had been out shopping um, for a Christmas roast, and then they came back. Like I think at that point in the film, and you know this is this is not like what you'd consider to be like typical Saturday afternoon fare. So they walked in after probably having had a really nice shopping trip, and they just come into the room to hear like this man just screaming again and again. And again, because it just, like, does not – it just does not turn away. Hmm. Like, in yeah. any other film, you might get two or three lashes of the whip, but in this one, it's, like, a three- or four-minute sequence set to the soundtrack I don't of his they, torture. I don't think I didn't – because they said 100, right? Uh, what's No, they No, they got to, like, 40, right? Yeah. And he, the guy was, like
0: – and that was Paramir. such a great
2: moment where the um, – <laughs> even the, the whipper himself or the flogger hmm. turned to yeah. David Wedham's character and was, like, you know, gave him a look to say, like, I think, you know <laughs> – is there any point giving him any more lashes? Yeah, And the guy was like, just keep going. And, you know, he's yeah. not even halfway through. Mm. I, I, I thought the performance of that character was really good as well. Richard Wilson, yeah. Mike yeah. Burns,
1: uh, terrific. And I, I did some research and he he, he, he he hasn't acted in since, I don't think. Mm. Uh, he's been kind of under the radar for, for a decade or so. Um, but a really terrific performance from someone that we didn't quite know even before or after. So it's, it's one of those rare gems, you know,
2: like, Well, yeah. a, little, a little shout out actually. Cause I, yeah, I, I, similarly, when I was watching this film, I thought, who is this guy? He's great. Mm. Uh, Cause he has a really challenging role. He's playing a, a character who is, it's, you know, doesn't really it have, it seems as mental is mentally, uh, uh, cognitively impaired. Yeah. Um, and has to, sp- you know, spend the entire movie in a state of like utter distress. Mm. But um, yeah, I was researching him, and he wasn't. Yeah, you're right. He did kind of drop off the radar, Raph, But he was in this. He did show up in this Australian horror film that came out about ten years ago, which is such an underrated gem if you like horror, like really perverse horror. It's called, I think, The Loved Ones. Mm. Um, yeah, and I'm a. Totally you know that? Watch that movie. Uh, I don't great. think you would like it. Too, it's, <laughs> pretty, it's 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 pretty. I mean, it's quite. It's quite funny, but it's also like genuinely quite disturbing. But a really great example of Australian horror, which is actually its own. A great little subgenre. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. O- uh oxploitation, o- I believe they they they, they, oh, yeah, call, yeah, yeah. they call it. Um, which is not to do specifically with horror, but a lot of it meddles with horror. Oxploitation is, is very much um they thrive on horror, which is, you know, kind of the basis for any ultra low budget movies. A lot of them tend to dabble in horror because it's it's one of the easier well, maybe not the easier things to do, but it's it's definitely an easier thing to experiment with. So um, but yeah, no, back, back to the subject at hand and I guess, yes, living in Australia, uh, <laughs> for, for, for only a mere two years, I can't say much, but it's, it's, it, you know, once you, I was, I was living in Melbourne for, for, for a while and I remember doing farm work and part of the farm work that I had to do was mostly outside of the conventions of the city bubble. So once you explore, once you get to the outback state, let's say, um, you get to see remnants or, or 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 kind of that that old life where it's yeah it's it's a lot of the towns or you know low buildings it's kind of that like one strip you know it's that it's that very western um, kind of construct where it's it's low houses it's you, you you have the pub right there and then you have yeah your your doctor's office or whatever and it it, it has those qualities and this film the town that 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 it's set in uh, mostly. Uh, oh my god what what a what a roofless i mean that must have be that must be the, the harshest place in australia at, at this point like it's and the fact that it 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 kind of plays on with um not just guy pierce and and the Irish, but it plays with different set of cultures throughout this film, so like Jabra was was saying, that uh, they really, they tapped in, um, if maybe they, they could have explored that more, if maybe that's a weakness from, from the film, but yet yeah, the Aboriginal communities that were, that were affected during that time and that were completely exploited, completely corrupted, um, even so that they had one of their own Aborigines, uh, Aboriginal, uh, members, uh, against, against their fellow tribe or against their fellow community, right. With, um, uh, I can't remember his name now. And that's, and that's, that's bad on my part. Did they,
0: I thought, I don't, I don't think he had a name.
1: Nah,
0: I think they were well, just calling him, um, I don't want to, I don't, I don't think we can use the term on on this, on the show. Um, Ned,
1: Ned Rose, was that, I think that's the actor's name, Ned Rose. Uh, wait, which character, which character are you guys talking about?
2: The indigenous character in the gang. Oh, um, in, in this film you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two to Bob, I think. Two Bob, yeah. Two right? Bob, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Two Bob, to, to Tommy Lewis, um, who was on the side of the Irish, but then there was the other, um, Ned Rose, the old Aboriginal, who kind of like was the translator uh, of sorts. Oh,
2: to, to oh yeah, the, the one who was kind of the one who's kind of like Toby. captive on the on the. No, not Toby. Uh,
0: Toby was the, I guess the like, house worker.
1: Yeah, yeah. Toby was the. That's... Toby was yeah the ray winston's um butler essentially butler yeah yeah, yeah. um but, they, but played yeah, on, n- they played on those they played on those aspects uh f- fairly well if anything it could have i don't know for me this film and i don't know if this is one of your questions ollie but for me this film could have be could have be sprawled out into a tv show i would have loved to see the proposition tv show. i would love
2: to see that well what's 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 great is that you're right that there are it's such an interesting milieu, so I would love to spend more time in that world. And then I think you could tell a lot of different people's stories over the course of several episodes. But there's also so much more story to tell, because what well, I think one of the genius things about the structure of this film and the script is that it starts, um, as they say, in media res. It just drops you into the middle of things. I mean, it literally opens in the middle of a gunfight, uh, of a shootout. But then also the kind of incident that triggers everything that happens in the film happened before the story even begins. It, you know, the, the burning and the murder and the rape of the women on the Hopkins residence. And everything that happened, that unfolded between Guy Pearce's character and his brother, played by Danny Houston, none of that is seen. That, that all happened before. And so it's really interesting. Like, you you get a sense of what may have happened between them, why they may have split down the road, but it's not really explained. And that's another good quality about this film is that it it kind of leaves a lot of it unsaid and it makes the characters kind of impenetrable in terms of their motive which may make this a tricky and inaccessible film for others but um i liked how it didn't necessarily explain what happened what went down between those brothers and but it, the mystery around that kind of lends a weight to all of their encounters and their conversations in the film
1: It leaves a gap which can either be uh, a positive thing for the film or a a weak side to the film, right? Um, Which is kind of what I wrote down. I was like, there was a lot of themes that this film kind of like, you know, juggles with. And, you know, a lot of these themes for an hour and 40, what, essentially an hour and 44 minutes, I believe this film is, uh, the running time for this film is and it's and it, you know it deals with race identity colonialism family like you know it's 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 heavy heavyweights um in terms of themes and i think that's why i was thinking like tv show like i think to to just like expand on these things because yes the main focus is um guy pierce and his uh and his conundrum and what he has to face but i i think it 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 plays on it doesn't play on him that much. I think Ray Winston and his and his arc with his wife, uh, Emily Watson, they pretty much have the bigger bulk of the story. Uh, but that's, that's truly what I saw, at least. It's who I was compelled to watch m- most of all.
2: They give him the emotional arc, the fuller emotional arc. Which of for Ray the, Winston,
1: it's... Uh, he, he well,
2: absolutely. I mean, we, we can get into it a little bit. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit later, I think, or maybe we can talk about it now. But I think, yeah, Ray Winston, you're right, Raph, rarely given an opportunity to shine like this and i think he completely nails it i think he's fantastic what a performance home. i didn't know bet365
0: guy is gonna be so like i thought he was just like a shit what's that what's that show that's been going on for so long it's like
2: the soap opera that's like based East EastEnders. oh like EastEnders. <laughs> eastenders i thought he was like that kind of actor well, I no, he's 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 been in like some of the best films of the last twenty five years. But you're right; he's usually known to be playing the kind of Cockney heavy, yeah, like the, one of the goons. But yeah, I mean, this guy was in Sexy Beast, which is a fantastic film. He was in The Departed. He yeah. was in. Um, Cold Mountain. He was Mountain. in a lot of like. Yeah. Sorry. Cold Mountain. Uh, yeah, absolutely, and he was in a lot of. Uh, he was in some pretty seminal um, British sort of like British independent films in the 80s and 90s. But um, yeah, he's usually playing like a villain of some kind. Or and just who, like a hired he- heavy. Yeah,
1: yeah, who could forget Mr. Beaver in the Chronicles of Narnia? You know, like, shout out to... Well, him. I was
2: thinking Beowulf. <laughs> in oh, the Beowulf! Self-titled yeah. Beowulf. In this, yeah. the, the Robert Zemeckis experiment. Um, what, he, was, what was he, he was Beowulf? Was. Yeah, he, was. Yeah, he, had, like, yeah, that he famous,
1: was. He had that famous one line when when that movie came out. and now I like, am I, Beowulf! Yeah, I, I am, am Beowulf! Am yeah, Beowulf. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> oh my God, I don't think anyone remembers that film. Oh, it had Angelina Jolie in it, right? yeah it did yeah. it was like one of those robert zemeckis films when he was experimenting with the kind of uncanny valley 3d motion, motion capture technology. it was like
0: it was such a weird movie it was like such a non-story anyways but like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So
2: great great can we talk about like how great the cast is in general yeah. though like across yeah, yeah, the board yeah. i think like, across, how across the, the film,
0: board the, the performances were just amazing well,
2: i was gonna say like how did a film so I, I don't know you know if wikipedia is to be trusted here but apparently this film only cost two million, which itself is pretty astonishing, considering how good it looks and how impressive the production design is in terms of like these towns that they looks like they may have built in the desert. Oh my god! But, yeah. Um, wow. Um, but uh, the the how did they get a cast like this? I mean, you've got the the top three, you know, the top four performers are already like heavy hitters in my opinion. You've got Guy Pearce, always dependable. Ray Winston doing a fantastic job. Emily Watson, one of the mm-hmm. best actors to come out of England in the last few decades and then you got Danny Houston you know who comes from an acting legacy but then even like the side parts you get like John Hurt showing how how did they get John Hurt yeah how yeah how do they get John how do they call up John Hurt like hey do you want to go hang out in the Queensland desert for like a couple of weeks he's like yeah sure and then they have like David Wenham from from Lord of the Rings yeah like, hamming it up as yeah. the villain and Bar-amir, the Bar-amir. Repres- yeah exactly yeah. you've got Noah Taylor like Australian legend himself you yeah yeah um, showing up in this um no it's it's incredible what they
1: do uh how they get the cast uh all together and how the cast does and how they deliver all together because a lot of them don't even share scenes together or they only share one scene together you know it's it's all very in a sense unless uh guy pierce and and danny houston um they obviously they're brothers so they share a lot of scenes together but and ray winston and emily watson but but the intertwining storylines don't actually necessarily intertwine you know what i mean they 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 at the end they they all come together in a sense but they're all dealing in their different parts uh, throughout the movie right they don't like necessarily come together all at once
2: Um, yeah yeah absolutely it's yeah. It's it's true it's true and i think they all like handle their own stories with a aplomb I think, yeah um,
1: and john hurt em- john like yeah not only to get john hurt to come down to fucking buttland queensland out of nowhere uh, and and to play a like a really hateful yeah. character someone mr you, <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah. someone someone who was you know who gives out wands to play <laughs> this to play this you know racist uh merciless kind of bounty hunter uh yeah it's 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 one of those things where it all came together and it it it, it made magic it made magic
2: yeah I, I i i wanted to touch a little bit on before we get to the questions um the the uh, subject of race in this film because you guys have already touched on it a little yourselves but i thought maybe we could delve into it a bit more um so Jabriel, you said you liked how this actually featured people of indigenous origins in this story as opposed in like a more meaningful way, it sounds Mm -hmm. to you than either of the previous films that we've done for this genre. Um, And you do get a couple of prominent characters who are Aborigines in this film. And I think it, like it, it, they're integrated well into the story, mm -hmm. but it's something that I don't think the issue of race is like reckoned with thoroughly. I think it's sort of picked up. And then, like, many other things in this film kind of, like, dropped off without much of an answer. But it is... But I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you think this was a positive representation? Do you think this was... Well... It did enough?
0: Like, if you compare it to the other Westerns that we've watched, you know, like, to having some representation in comparison to to none, like, I think that's a move in the in a better direction. But, like, I guess for me, with movies... I always like to see how me as a person would be in that movie. Like where would I fit in amongst these these characters? And I felt like I could see that in this movie in comparison with like I feel like I could have been in, you know, like they would have at least <laughs> shown someone that looked like me rather than in the other westerns like I wouldn't have really felt anything like that. I don't I don't know.
2: If that's a good way to put it no but maybe you, maybe what you're saying is yeah. you would have been back you would have been background so like uh, what do they call it like know, window that, dre- window dressing in a, in a, in one of the other films. that's why i just understand. kind of found it i maybe even a little bit boring
0: that's why i guess i like these newer kind of westerns as well you but know?
2: anton Chigurh, the character like the probably possibly the most prominent character in no country for old men we forget is meant to be mexican i'm yeah. not saying it's necessarily like a, I don't know Great. whether you know, his character necessarily reflects well on the on the conversation of race, uh, but um, you know it's not like a complete whitewash, I suppose. But um, but then again, I guess Anton Chigurh doesn't feel like he comes out from Mexico; he feels like he comes from hell. He's not even human. Yeah, um, I mean
0: in in this movie, I felt like they at least yeah. showed like what what was going on, yeah. Like at the time, like they at least shed some light on it. Like, I think if, if that was omitted, so let's say if this movie came out now in the type of culture where the where criticism on movies for everything from like representation to like how good the movie is, like if it's held under a lot of scrutiny. If they were to have omitted indigenous people in an Australian movie mm-hmm. of this scale, they would have been bombarded with hate for not showing the diversity. So I think they did a good job with it for something what is this 2005 or right no 2005.
1: Oh, 2005
0: 2005 right mm-hmm. yeah so mm-hmm. i think this is great for 2005 i doubt any other movie would have been this good with representation and diversity in that at that time
1: yeah perhaps it's unprecedented um for 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 that time Mm-hmm. and i th- i think you said it right it shed a light it didn't it didn't show us the light it just it was a, it was a mere sparkle i yeah. i put inside look but it wasn't an inside look it was a peek if anything into the brutality and colonialism upon mm-hmm. the indigenous community right like, some, like some... sorry
0: let me just like yeah, yeah, interject yeah, yeah, really on. quick um it just reminds me of let's say like a movie like dunkirk that had a lot of um criticism for not showing um Indian soldiers that were a huge part of that um whole battle or that yeah so um something like that could have been avoided they just shed a light on something like that you know like a passing scene with like a battalion of Indian soldiers so like that's that's the kind of thing that i was thinking of you know yeah and and, it's it's not the mission of the movie to show diversity but it shows it in its own little way
1: right yeah because that's not the story at hand but it is part of the overarching story um and and the fact that they do show it is a step in the right direction like you said obviously it was a peak so for me it wasn't enough just to introduce these characters and like you said ollie just to like drop that storyline just to carry on to the main narrative. But I did appreciate how they also um, how they also represented the uh, the Australians, you know, because because there's different levels of class in this film. Right. There's the indigenous community, there's the indigenous people that are being corrupted or, 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 or lavishly treated. And then there's the actual Australians, uh, like, let's say, the people of, that have gone on to to become part of the land. And then well, there's still the British rule. Well, you mean, like it. the
0: Caucasian settlers? Like yeah, not yeah, really the Caucasians,
1: Yeah, yeah, the Caucasian settlers—the the ones that are have have more of a prominent Australian accent. Yeah, I think you
2: you've got like the different generations. You've got different of, generations of settlers, and yeah. you're right that they're showing the class distinctions between them because the 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 people. I guess what people now think of as Australian people, in terms of like, I guess white people with an Australian accent. Mm. Those are kind of the. Uh, the the sort of those who report to Ray Winston's character mm. and who often malign him behind his back, mm. and then you have people like Ray Winston's character who is clearly not from Australia, but is noticeably from like maybe ah a, the, the Cockney class in the UK, mm. and then you've got a character like David Wenham mm. who uh, who is clearly you know uh, or, RP. It seems like he's yeah. he's got that RP exactly, yeah. so he seems like he he's obviously in the he biggest it position he does very well of, I thought he's got the as he's well. got the yeah he's got the most power and he clearly yeah. comes from a, a certainly a more uh, distinguished class in the UK
1: yeah yet yet most power but i feel losing the grip power, on power. i mean uh, yeah, yeah, in yeah.
2: terms of like institutional power I yeah suppose, yeah institutional or, power um,
1: yeah uh, cuz yeah. in that town in that town obviously uh in that town that we're exposed to uh, the power struggles are very apparent and even the the power struggles within the ranks right so ray winston you know having kind of that mistrust between him and his, uh, fellow, let's say officers or, or, or lower ranks, which are, I guess, commonly known as maybe the, 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 the settlers that have gone on for more generation in, in Australia. And, and the, um, the slight, the slight, um, the slight kind of peak on, on, um, on alcoholism as well, because alcoholism hmm. plays a big part, uh, a, especially back in those days, um, alcoholism was a big thing. And I think maybe that kind of ripples on to, 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 to modern day Australia, how they're dealing with, with alcoholism there. But the fact that, yeah, most of those guards were just blatantly drunk and, you know, mistreating one another. Well, and what it, else
2: is there to do when you're living in, in, in this, in such remote conditions and exactly. such isolation? I feel like yeah. that's a, pre- that's pretty constant across most Western yeah. films. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, I think so. For sure, and, for sure. And so, just looking at the time, there are so much more I would like to talk about when it comes yeah. to class and race representation. But I am aware of the time, and we should come to questions. <laughs> oh God! Um, <laughs> so did that sound but like we I'm... ran out? But
1: we ran out of time on that. Yeah, subject. apologies <laughs> to Matt Damon. We ran out of apologies time. To Matt Damon. It
2: sounds yeah. like I'm basically bumping, you know, race relations and <laughs> for, yeah, because we ra- for scheduling issues. But no, I did. Okay, there was one. If if I may, there's one. If I could have like the last word on on something. It's okay,
0: Ollie. It's okay. Don't worry. You got it. Oh my! I'm just
2: very like yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> suddenly feeling very self-conscious of the fact as well that I am the white, the what, the white guy here, and I am trying. I think to think we all are. Word in on. Yeah. But I just thought that the um uh when it came to the Aborigines character, there is that that character who is essentially a servant or sort of um is reporting to Ray Winston's character. He there's this scene where he leaves the household, mm. um, and he takes off his shoe, his boots, and yeah, clearly and... he's been given. And so he can walk out into the wilderness barefoot, which is what he was probably he has always probably done. And, and I a handkerchief
0: that was... or something.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. I think so. And and that is like of many in this film, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit later during the questions. But one of those really well observed silent moments in this hmm. film that say a lot without saying anything again yeah they there are
1: those moments of sensitivity towards these themes and towards these ideas and towards the the struggle that australia was under in that time that was captured like you said in such intimate moments that you're like there it is i mean in a way that that pays the dues and that that kind of says more than it more than it could have just by yeah the removal of the shoe and so there are these beautiful these beautifully placed moments uh, I
0: was wondering what that was like if that's something common that
1: Well happened I mean or... yeah I mean like you know uh, I guess the, the the one reference that I that I would know about um, was you know a walkabout uh, an Australian walkabout um aboriginals uh, do that to find spiritual awakening or to 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 becoming uh, a man or 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 uh, within the tribe, they, they go on these massive walkabouts, uh, around the land and they do, yeah, they do it without shoes. They do it without much clothing. Um, and they're on their own.
2: But I think the assumption is, is that no Aborigines people until, you know, they were, until they were perhaps, um, essentially held captive by these colonizers, they would never have used, they would never have used shoes. Right. Well, I mean, I look, I, I don't know if that is actually the case, but that is what I think, the assumption that the film is making yeah yeah um, is
1: is is the uh, de- de- deconstruction of civilization if if anything it's,
2: it's... Well, I think and it, and it, and it touches on the theme that's really important in this film which is uh Ray Winston and his wife's attempt to try and bring what they call civility to this mm. land Mm-hmm. Civility um, being a very narrow definition that they have from their own country Western of what, civility. Civi- of what civilization is exactly and trying to impose it upon a land that isn't necessarily receptive to that no, or yeah. um, facilitative towards that. And perhaps a lot of the
1: struggles come f- well, definitely all of the struggle comes from that is the fact that colonialism is that, right? Is yes, that in of course, is absolutely. It imposes uh, its Western ideals into a land that doesn't necessarily accept it
2: yeah or or is forced to accept or is forced to accept it yeah yeah
1: um
2: right okay great okay so i'm just gonna start us on the questions if that's all right just for the um
0: perfect i was just about to say
2: yeah 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 i know i i did that thing where i was like i'm just gonna wrap this up and then i initiated another five minute conversation but um (laughs) a necessary conversation a necessary i think so i think so i'm glad we got it in there but anyway um i'm not gonna pat myself on the back too much there (laughs) no you're just picking your nose instead (laughs) (laughs) gonna cut this out right i don't think so Uh, he just made that up he didn't see anything (laughs) um but um anyway okay so first question uh as you guys know we do five questions here and the last one's gonna be a mystery question but the first four are gonna be the same questions we run through every episode for now and the first question is favorite scene so um yeah guys what was your favorite scene
1: jbrill would you like to would you like to take the mantle yeah
0: um i think i think i mentioned it before but it was the scene of um emily watson's character in the bathtub describing um the dream that she had about Mm. her child or a child like a baby
2: was it Um, liza hopkins child because the woman that was one of the women that was murdered and raped yeah, yeah yeah the burns gang before the before the film started Mm -hmm. was pregnant and that's what you that disturbed her you you could tell that that was haunting her a lot
0: yeah so i thought that was a really great scene because it just showed a lot of emotion from like um the captain and just i just loved the shots and i don't know it was just such a great scene it was so good Mm, great i I, I, like yeah because i love their performances i love those two characters especially like their interactions with each other i thought i really liked the focus on them as well um and yeah it just showed a lot of emotion and i was like that's that's a constant throughout this movie i was like wow there's a lot of emotion in this movie
1: there is yeah very very uh a lot of um, yeah like you said a lot of emotion i was gonna say emotion full that's not a word <laughs> um but uh, yeah, Ollie, would you would you like should I should I say you mine? Go, you go, um, yeah, you
2: go ahead. I'll I'll, I'll um I'll answer be, last.
1: Because you said scene, uh, the one that I was thinking about was when Guy Pearce and Danny Houston um kind of first get together, and there's this beautiful I don't know what the time of day, you know, sun beautiful sunset uh, overlooking kind of the Australian landscape or or that part of the landscape, and that lighting, oh my. God.
2: We know it's, you know what, watching that, as someone who has a little bit of experience on sets and in location production, magic hour. that would be a, yeah, but that would be a bitch because basically to to get that lighting and to get that shot of the, to have that shot of the sun in the background, you've basically got a, a span of m- maybe 10 minutes, probably less to shoot, to get that right. And if you don't, then you're going to have to wait until the next day and hope that the weather's the same. So those are really difficult to, to get. So, yeah. um, Yeah. It's, so, it's a bold it, it, move to set such a pinnacle scene against that backdrop
1: for sure for sure and it's and it's a big scene it's a it's a pivotal scene like you said um and I think a lot of a lot of credit comes down to to to, to yeah to, to everyone that was involved making that scene and composing it because I mean these some of these shots and some of these frames some of them are my one of which is my you know uh, wallpaper on my uh, macbook, so it's 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 just beautiful stuff, yeah that that's that scene when they're first together mm,
2: great choice. when he almost
1: decides to almost almost it could have ended the movie, but he did yeah yeah,
2: um yeah, for my pick, I mean there are so many there are scenes like that one that I would i think could easily be picked here, but I'm gonna go with something that just it's a very small scene really. Um, but it did strike me a lot when I was reading when I was watching this film sorry and that was the scene where Guy Pierce visits the Hopkins house which has been sort of which is uh, in a which has essentially been raised since the Burns gang passed through and did their unspeakable acts and there's this great moment where like the music's really solemn and beautiful and there's this great moment where to be clear this house has been burned so there's not even a roof really but when Guy Pierce walks inside and notices that he's crossed the threshold and again this is not a house this is just wreckage. He takes his hat off um, out of I guess respect I suppose, or just out of um, I guess a sense of of familiarity with or in accordance to the um, the customs and uh, the manners from which he came, which is probably from from Ireland. and I just thought that was a really beautiful silent you know, observed moment. And I think this film has many of them, so I wanted to pick that as to to represent it. Um so yeah. Okay. Uh next question is a favorite performance. Uh Jabriel, would you like to start us off again? Mm-hmm. Favorite performance. Damn, it was in my head.
0: No, I just completely it just Do you want us to come back to Oh yeah maybe? yeah no no I got it, I got it. Um freaking Faramir, David Wenham. <laughs> i really liked him because like for the movie i was like damn this guy looks so familiar um but he does the evil like the evil colonial guy pretty well yeah because you know? he's, he's... There's, there's always the evil colonial guy guy mm-hmm. in movies like this from like the ones in ipman to like um parts of the caribbean i thought he did a really good um mm. colonial asshole
1: yeah
2: you know yeah. really funny i, I know i I was thinking while watching his performance in this film that Guy Pearce, who's, also, who's the lead of this film, plays a very similar character in another John Hillcoat film, Lawless. Um, Raph, I feel like you've seen that film before. I have seen that film. And yeah. I, I, I don't think personally it's as good a film as this, but the, the one memorable thing from that film is that Guy Pearce plays an absolutely loathsome and disgusting villain who's not a British colonial or anything like that, but it's kind of a, a very over-the-top, um slightly i suppose for lack of a better word kind of delicate or like fra- or like a bit feminine effeminate mm. perhaps but yeah he plays a very similar character in that film um, mm. yeah it's a good choice again another
1: another very a very hard watch very unflinching very mm. very narrowing watch i mean i think john Hillcock is a uh hillcoat is uh yeah built a career on making films that kind of disturb you in a way, um, yeah. Sh- shall I go? I guess we'll, we're we're yeah. going on this pattern. Where I'm going next? Oh, um, sorry. Yes. Yeah. Please. Uh, Emily Watson. Uh, oh, I think choice. uh Martha Stanley, Emily Watson portraying that character does it with such delicateness, such sensitivity. She brings the emotion across the board um and she's just a wonderful actress uh yeah and and her and her relationship with ray winston i mean seriously it was it was one of the things that kept me going for this movie not that there wasn't anything else that was uh, the whole thing was keep keeping me going but their relationship was really really what um what brought the emotional arc of the movie together
2: Mm, good choice yeah fantastic actress she always you know improves anything yeah she she she's in I meant just by being there um so if yeah for my answer I'm gonna go with um because I'm surprised neither one of you said this but I'm gonna go with Ray Winston I don't think I need to explain it too much we already kind of touched on his performance earlier in this recording but I thought I was just really pleasantly surprised um in this film seeing him i had I, I have seen this film before but I had forgotten how good he is in it and it just made me think about how how I haven't seen him in anything apart from this bloody ads <laughs> for years and it's a shame because uh because you know as this film shows that you can really do a lot when he's given a juicy role and um you're right you know he plays a, a really pivotal part in kind of bringing us a, a heart or a um a sense of tragedy to this story so
1: yeah three six
2: five the world's largest <laughs>
1: betting company. <Yeah. laughs>
0: it's always, like, in a cab, like, yeah. on a rainy day, and he's
1: like, the odds for today. The odds for today. Yeah, Arsenal. two to one at Arsenal. Arsenal, <laughs> <laughs> Tottenham. What what's it going to be?
2: Yeah. All right, yeah. great. So, um, next question is, what's aged the best, uh, Jabril. What's aged the best? Um... I don't
1: know. <laughs> Shit. Do you want me to take over you while can. you got here? You, you are allowed to pause, I suppose. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, yeah, I yeah. I I'm I'm about to. I have no idea. Pass. Raph,
0: what pass. age is the best?
1: Um, to me, what age is the best, which is something movies uh, tend to forget, which is wardrobe. Mother mm. effing wardrobe. Mm. The wardrobe in this film, my goodness, it's um, it's it's tangible. I mean, it it's was great. all... It was all handmade stuff too, to to make it as authentic as possible. Like oh, yeah? in, even from the buttons themselves. I think uh, there's one particular scene that strikes to me is 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 with the lashings. Um, you see mm. all the all the mm. flies on their hats, and and, yeah, and you yeah, see yeah, the yeah, dust yeah. coming off them. Like they look derelict and decrepit, and it's uh yeah the wardrobe, the the the
2: costume department in this film, like props, man, props. Yeah, that's my that's choice. A, that's a great answer um yeah I, I would say we we talked about it earlier but the nick cave score yeah i think it's um mm-hmm. i actually remember i used to listen to tracks from this score or uh like years ago when i was studying or working or just wanting to listen to some nice music and i haven't listened to it in a long long time so re-watching this film i was like oh damn i gotta go check that out i'm gonna put that in my film score um playlist on Spotify. hey i've got one i've got one too let's, <laughs>
1: let's link up later
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. Let's do this. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, my people will be in touch with your people.
0: How about we just make it a a playlist for the people? Yeah, yeah, movie newbie, a movie,
1: a movie newbie, uh, score playlist. Yeah, 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 that's good. Yeah, there's an idea.
2: That's that is nice. actually yeah. a pretty good
0: idea. We'll do a collaborative oh, playlist. Very, very clever, Gabriel.
2: <laughs> Cross-platform marketing. I like it. It is what it is,
1: man. This is what I do. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right. Bring on the next question. All right. Um, okay. Uh, second last question. Uh, in contrast to the previous question, what mm-hmm. is aged the worst? In this um. So the d- special effects.
0: Okay. When the guy's right. head got blown off, it was clearly. I thought that was pretty good, actually. Yeah, me really? too. I was like, whoa. Well, I don't know. It kind of but... looked like... Uh, have you ever have you ever seen Kung Pao? Oh, um, yeah, yeah. I have. The YouTube that... film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It's not a YouTube film. It's like a film from, like, 1997.
2: Oh, no. Some I shit I think you're thinking like...
1: of... Were you, you thinking you of Kung Fu Fury? That's I think,
0: yeah, I think you were thinking of Kung Fu Fury. I was, was, I was, was, Fu was Fury, yeah. Of that, yeah. Um, that was great. Kung Pao. It's like a really low-budget movie you guys have to watch it it's actually really funny maybe we'll, we'll explore it on another episode um but yeah it just sent, it just looked
1: oh and okay. that's and that's jbril's review everyone that was one it of looked... those
2: yeah i actually think that this may be a thing where like i watched a pretty bad copy of this i'm not gonna lie um because i couldn't really f- i couldn't find it anywhere on any of the um streamers or um I couldn't find where you could purchase this online yeah. so I ended up watching a pretty crappy um copy I'm not going to lie and I think um this may be a, may have helped out because I didn't I thought that looked good but then I wasn't watching like a HD version or anything
0: neither neither was I to be fair I was I like uh I was like on my mouse and my mouse accidentally slipped on a stream and I was just like oh <laughs> Guess I gotta
2: watch the stream. Oh no, it's
0: it's playing. Uh oh. and then Guess you I were gotta overco- full screen
2: it now. <laughs> you were overcome with like temporary paralysis that lasted <laughs> exactly one hundred and five minutes. Yep, yep. Yeah. 100%. Exactly. that's exactly yep. what happened. We've all we've all been there. We've all been <laughs> there. Um <laughs> J- Raf hit me.
1: I, I don't I don't know if this is gonna be an answer that really uh uh, answers the question that well because what's the weakest what's the what's the thing it w- what was your question <laughs> here I am asking you what your
2: question is what age what was, yeah which, I, what I, no age wonder worse. this was no wonder your answer is not going to answer the question exactly I don't, I don't, the I don't even is. know <laughs> I don't even know what the question can you tell me the question what um, is age the worst what's the most you've ever lost in the By question? the way these guys actually before just to let the audience know before we started recording I was like. Giving them a little like update on. We, I am gonna ask you these questions, and they were both like, "No, nah, I like to. Pre- I don't like to prepare answers. I like to just like do it in the moment." <laughs> <laughs> you're getting a hard yeah,
1: You're getting a hard pass on Jabriel, and then well, you're getting know. like a you're you're getting I I didn't know. Okay, okay, that's fair. And and I butchered and I butchered this question. So, um, what's age the worst? I I again I'm gonna answer you but it might not answer your direct question, but I think the fact that it could have been either longer or a change of format, I think ma- making it a Long, TV longer? show. Lo- longer? Longer? <laughs> um, uh, that's the British RP, longer, by the way. Uh, longer. Um, <clears throat> no, but I think maybe, uh, yeah, extending it. I think it delved in so many deep and big themes, uh, and it had so many storylines within it, that maybe some of that was its weakest link that it was playing with a lot, and it still managed to to weave in everything. But uh, I think a TV show would have served the proposition um, better as a format.
0: I agree. I think the, the TV show version would, would be really. But cool. again,
1: that doesn't really answer your question of what age. No, the no. Worst, I, I
2: think but. I think no. I think that's yeah. I think that's a. a that's a good answer
1: because nowadays nowadays when you're thinking of western you're thinking of big scale you know long running time kind of thing uh even no country for old men was two hours tightly knit two hours but um yeah for this it just yeah it, it played with a lot of things it juggled a lot of things that i think it could have been easier to for it to be a tv show tv series
2: yeah, well, that, that that's a good answer because I think it ties a little bit into my answer. But I will say I actually really like that this film's kind of tight, and it's just mm-hmm. a it's a tight one hundred minutes. There's no fat on this story. Maybe actually it could use a little bit more fat. But um, uh, but yeah, I would my answer for what age the worst I would actually say, uh, Emily Watson's character's arc. I think mm. she is magnificent in this film, and I loved watching her character in this film just because she 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 does it so well. But I think that they set up a really interesting conflict for her character. And then they just didn't really let it go anywhere. They, I mean, I and that's kind of like, I mean, maybe that's the, that is that is sort of the elliptical nature of this film. It does that with a lot of its themes and characters, but that was one story where I thought she could have been better served in the end. Because at the very end, she doesn't really get a moment of, I think, catharsis hmm. um, in front of her, her husband. And instead, in the end, she's, you know, held down, brutalized and nearly raped by this one of the outlaws. And then Guy Pearce comes in and just blows his head off. And then, you know, we don't really hear from her again. So that's something I, w- I wish could have been added to uh, in the more in the film. Yeah. But yeah. Um, right. OK, quickly. Last question. This is the mystery question. So these guys have not been prepared on this one either. Uh, my answer is... Uh, okay, my question, sorry, is What do you think Charlie did um, You know, right after this movie Cut to black? Because it ends on a pretty Not on a cliffhanger, but it ends On a question mark, I guess You know, Charlie Burns Kills his brother And then goes out to sit with him as he dies And then his brother asks him, what are you going to do now, Charlie? And then we, um, we Cut to black, so what do you guys think happened next? Uh Jabril, do you want to take over or shall I shall I...
1: I hypothesize? I guess for me, he probably
0: went off and just lived a peaceful life doing nothing, mm. like just in seclusion as a hermit in the middle of the frickin' desert. Just
1: You know what you've just said? You just said what? a classic western trope. He rode off into the sunset. That's basically mm.
0: what he did. That's 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 Whoa. what I think
1: he did. You learned that's... a lot. Look at us. <laughs> Boom. That's exactly what a Western is. <laughs> oh yeah. Wow. <laughs> 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 and then the good and bad and the ugly. Um, uh, no, yeah, that's a great, I mean, that's, yeah, that's a classic Western ending there. Uh, what can I, how can I even top that? Uh, well, I mean, logically, I like to think he buried his brother. Um, I, I think he would bury both of his brothers. Um, I don't know if he would have come back to the house and been like, "You guys okay? You guys can I can I help?" Um, so you just mm, almost mm. got raped. You're shot. You're bleeding to death. Um, let me call yeah, the... I think he would,
2: have, he would have. He should have gone up to the captain's character and be like, "So, we good? <laughs> yeah. So can
1: I? Can I? Am I a free man?" Um uh no yeah I think I think a burial would have been a, a nice appropriate thing to to end the film and then him yeah riding off into into the Australian outback to to which kind of ties into something I wanted to like speak about which this film kind of feels like a spiritual western to me it's there's a lot of in a way there's a lot of soul searching with Guy Pearce it's a lot of searching of who he is and what he was and who his family is and how he doesn't belong with them you know it's 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 all that like who am i uh searching himself in this vast land in this you know godless place so the fact that yeah buries his past and goes on to find a future that's the end
2: mm, mm. yeah i uh I, i'll just quickly say i think um i think um i think you know maybe he uh he becomes ned kelly you know Plot twist. Oh. Yeah, maybe who knows? Um, but yeah, Kelly gang. Or, or right. I think basically he's arrested by David Wenham's character and hung pretty quickly afterwards. But you know that's the bummer ending. That's the 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 the, cine, the pessimist inside of me talking. Yeah. Um, all right, okay. So yeah, as Gabriel kind of just touched on right now, we are um going a little bit long here so we do have one final question that we wanted to, Raph and I wanted to ask Gabriel since this is our final episode in the western classics theme we wanted to ask Gabriel our student in this in this virtual classroom um what he has learned about westerns um so yeah Gabriel hmm. what, what what can you say about this this genre
0: okay so I guess you guys gave me a pretty like wide <laughs> You guys gave me a pretty wide range of westerns um to to look at and I guess I've seen some other ones before as well. So what I've learned is um I feel like yeah like what you t- touched upon was like the um seclusion and like the violence of being in the middle of nowhere, you know, just like um, the anarchy of it all mm. is pretty important. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, like I said as well, um, the dryness and I think the heat, I feel like that's essential, but I guess mm. maybe, um, extremities of weather.
1: Mm, Cause I feel like yes. you could,
0: you could do a Western in Alaska. Absolutely. You know? For Something sure. like that, you know, like in I'm the gonna... snow or in the forest, you know, I, I feel like it's the extremities that make it, seem like the wild wild west you
1: know i think that um, film
2: wild river was kind of like that wasn't it
1: indeed yeah it was yeah that,
2: that's uh, it, wild uh, wind river. river sorry wind river wind river
1: Wind River. Yeah. yes
2: that is kind of like a western set in you know sub-zero temperatures i don't know i i uh i don't know it's for western classics volume two okay. or maybe not yeah. who knows um uh, all right well great we are running yeah. out of over over long so i'm gonna leave it there great job jabril with that answer um i think you're thank uh, you thank you you're uh, you <laughs> must have wonderful teachers um, so I think we've got one last thing to do. The ratings. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hey, why did everyone pause? <laughs> oh, man, sorry. Oh, did I did, did I skip yeah. ahead by going to that last question? No, 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 no that was fine. No. I mean, that's, that's
0: that's that's what we that's what we've got to do. All right, I'll take the, lead. the ratings. It
2: I'll died. take the lead here. I'm gonna go with eight exploded heads out of ten. Okay. I'm gonna go with eight flies on a top hat
0: out of ten. I think it was eight out of ten
1: uh and you know what i'm gonna stick to the same guns here and go eight lashings out of eight out, out well, of 10. <laughs> well, uh, eight out of eight huh? <laughs> nice so yeah i'm gonna defy nine. the rating guys we're eight so, out we're of supposed ten.
2: To, i was really hoping we were gonna have come up with like a, a sound effect if we all get the same no that that's rating. only for 10 out of 10 oh if we old, 10 okay out okay of 10. deal okay cool yeah. all right well that's still pretty cool
0: that's that's what's coming for for this for this new relaunch of the movie newbie
1: yeah
2: watch out guys
0: (laughs) well thank you guys for the lovely theme well not so lovely i guess if you've listened to the last two episodes (laughs) but um um, thank you for the western theme we're closing this one and yeah get ready for our next bonus out. we're coming for february uh we've got a new theme for you guys and i think you guys are really gonna enjoy it as well um and before we go don't forget to like share subscribe comment five stars go on youtube uh No, not YouTube. Sorry. Go on iTunes. Go on Apple Podcasts. We might be on YouTube soon. Once we figure that stuff out. Um, thank you guys again for being on the show. And uh, yeah, that's that. Catch you guys soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Move it, noob it. Hey guys, if you like the show, don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at The Movie Newbie, and you can also search The Movie Newbie on Medium for really cool, spoiler-free reviews. So catch you in the next episode. Till next time, guys. Enjoy.